You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a six-month subscription to leadquizzes.com valued at $300. Leadquizzes helps you create interactive lead generation quizzes to help you grow your email list. This is the same software I use to generate over 20,000 leads for my business in 2017. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a snapshot or picture showing your subscribe and text it to 716-218-8981 or email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. Today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Louis Congdon, and he was born in Colombia, where after his mother's death, he was homeless for several years. He then came to the U.S., graduated from college, and eventually started his entrepreneurial journey. He's now a podcast host, an author, a writer, a consultant, a speaker, and digital marketer. He specializes, again, in digital marketing, podcasting, and organic Facebook marketing, to help businesses grow their business. So welcome to the show, Lewis. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Lewis and I met a couple of years ago through podcasting. Somebody you knew introduced me, got referred me to you. We started chatting. We've developed a relationship and I was really excited to get you on the show. We fi- I know you've been busy. We finally got you on. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to cover quite a bit of ground here because you've got a really interesting and diverse background. But before we dive into that, do me a huge favor. Tell us a little bit about what you and Kamala got going on over there and put a little context to Kamala, your business partner. Yeah, definitely. My partner, my business partner, co-founder of Thriving Launch is Kamala Chambers. And she and I run the Thriving Launch business. It's a business that helps entrepreneurs and companies understand how to create a profitable business online, how to really create a successful footprint online so that you can be easily found and so that you can serve and find more clients through the online medium. Perfect. So how did you, you know, you've got a really interesting backstory, right? Can you give us, tell us for a couple of minutes, I mean, I teased it in the intro. We talked about how you were born in Columbia. Can you give us just a couple minutes of background? Because I'm always fascinated when I read your posts on Facebook or LinkedIn or different, you know, articles that you write where you talk about your background. Can we talk about that for a couple of minutes? Do you mind? Yeah, definitely. You know, I was born in Medellin, Colombia in the 1980s. And that is a time when Pablo Escobar was in power. Lots of mafia groups were in power and there's just a lot of turmoil through kind of turn of complicated events. My, my mom was killed. I became homeless and lived on the streets of Colombia during the 1980s for several years. And then in 1991, I was adopted and came to the United States. I went on to you know, have a wonderful family here in the USA, learn English. And when I turned 18, I got in contact with my biological family and went back to Colombia by myself uh, to meet a family. I didn't really know all that well. I just knew a few of the members. And I reunited with all of them and met my dad for the first time, met my brother, uh, reunited with my sister. And then I came back to the United States and kind of life as usual, 
got a college degree, went on to have a really wonderful job teaching marriage education classes. And then at some point I ended up becoming homeless because I had this amazing, incredible job that I was unable to reproduce on my own as an entrepreneur. And I kind of just dumped all my money into trying to figure it out, paid coaches and put a lot of hope into the building of a business that I didn't really understand how to create and ended up on my friend's couch, sleeping on his couch, slept in my car a few times. And that eventually led me to podcasting and led me to want to understand what actually does create a profitable business because I didn't know what that was. And the online world became kind of my main source of education through kind of a crazy turn of events. I went from a guy who wanted to start a coaching business and failed at it miserably to a guy who owned a profitable online business, primarily teaching people how to create podcasts. Yeah, that's perfect. So that again, that's kind of how you and I came to play. We were, you know, you had some podcasting friends who referred me in. You were nice enough to have me on your show a while back. I had a great time. Anybody who's curious about that, anybody listening, check out Thriving Launch. I love it. I'm a subscriber and fan. So I want to kind of peel that onion back a little bit. Podcasting, right? I'll be extremely honest with you. You are definitely one of the guys that influenced me in starting my own podcast. So thank you for that amongst many others, but it's not an easy thing to do, right? There's a lot of moving parts. We were even talking about some of it before the show. And so you've got a lot of expertise there. You've, you've done, how many episodes of your podcast have you done? I think we're around maybe 700 episodes. 700 episodes. I mean, that's, you guys don't have a sense as to how, how much work that is and what goes into that. So what I want, what I want Lewis to do today is I want him to tell us dip into that podcast expertise and talk a little bit about, you know, how and why small businesses or personal brands or consultants or coaches, whoever the target market may be, why they should and how they can start leveraging their own podcast to start building their personal brand, to start driving revenue, to build a tribe, do those sorts of things. Can you tap into that for us a little bit? Yeah, definitely. One of the first things I want to say is that companies like Netflix, Umqua Bank, General Motors, Slack, eBay, they all have podcasts. So not only are the individual kind of big time marketers like Neil Patel, Tony Robbins, who's you know nearly a billionaire, Tony Robbins has a podcast, Neil, Neil Patel has a podcast, Grant Cardone, Russell Brunson, Gary V, you, Gary Vaynerchuk, you and I have a podcast. And the reason why these big companies, marketers, and individuals are really getting into podcasting is because the statistics and the research show us that it's a fantastic place to have some representation and to really be available to potential leads and to potential clients because people who are educated and make at least $75,000 a year or more tend to hang out on podcasts and they tend to spend 20 minutes a day, five times a week tuning into podcasts. So for a marketer and for people who are teaching and educating or have a service or a product, it's a fantastic place to be in touch with your market. So I think that most businesses where they're really hurting, and this is true of businesses and entrepreneurs, where most people are hurting is that they don't have a footprint that makes them visible online. And yet research by Nielsen Group is showing that 97% of businesses are now found online. So that means most people are going to find you, your services, your products through the internet. But if you don't have a digital footprint 
then how are they going to find you? Instead, they're going to find someone else. And that's the era that we're living in now. We're living in a digital era where somebody wants an answer to something. They're going to ask Alexa. They're going to ask Siri. They're going to pull up their phone, their laptop, their tablet. But they're probably not going to call a friend or look in a phone book. They're going to use the Internet. And so if you're not visible online, how are they going to find you? And that's where a podcast can really help people is that it'll help you create content through the Internet, then release on the Internet post to your website, post to a bunch of other places online, and it helps make you visible. But that's just layer one. The second layer of that is that if you're doing an interview-based show like you and I are doing here, Dennis, like you guys listening are probably tuning into a lot of interview-based shows, what's happening is that the host and the guest on the show are developing a relationship. So an example out of my own life of that is I interviewed Jack Canfield I don't know Jack Canfield, but I'll tell you, I've read some of his books. I've followed his stuff online. I've seen him in that movie, The Secret. And he's somebody that I really admire and respect. So I interviewed him. Well, after the interview, he wrote me and asked me if I would be interested in contributing a chapter to his upcoming book. And if you guys know who Jack Canfield is, you know that the guy's a big time speaker. He's a big time author and owner of a brand that is estimated value is close to a billion dollars. So... What you're looking at is having the guy who owns this brand now knows who personally knows who I am and personally writes me an email saying, hey, could you write and contribute a chapter to my new book? Now I've developed a relationship and a friendship. And this is this is just one small example of many. But this is something that happens on a regular basis for people who have podcasts. One of my clients, Nancy May, for example, She interviewed somebody for her podcast. It was unreleased. They had a conversation and the guy said, hey, listen, I would like to pay you for some commercial spots on your show. And she made $2,500 from one interview. And this is something that can happen for you too. But first you need to have a podcast or you need to have online content so that people are finding you. Yeah. You you touched on a lot of things there. Number one, you know, the thing that I want to just kind of rehash a little bit is that we're all going mobile, right? I know that stats show that over 50% of internet activity and usage is done through people's mobile phones, right? And most people, I don't know the exact stats, but most people are listening to podcasts through their mobile device, right? Whether that be their iPad or their iPhone or Samsung or iAndroid or whatever it is. So my thought process when when launching my podcast was definitely to try to grab that attention, right? Grab that attention through podcasting. It's been, I've only launched my podcast a few months ago. It's been amazing. And a lot of the things you talked about, the benefits of the people that you're meeting, creating that brand, those conversations, creating that digital footprint. I'm already seeing a lot of, you know, fruits of my labor and it's only been a couple of months of starting this. So, so yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. And now the hard part, right? You know, when you sit down to think about a putting a podcast together, there's a lot of moving pieces. Could you give somebody who's maybe interested in peeling that onion back and learning a little bit more, what would be a couple of steps? What would be a few things that they could do to get started podcasting? I mean, to start their own podcast, what would be a few tips you could share with them? Yeah. You know, whenever I talk about this or coach people around this area, I always start with the fun part. I think fun is the essential element, essential ingredient to, it's the catalyst, right? If If uh, you have some, you're trying to make bread at home, you add a certain piece to it and it makes the bread rise. And that's what we want to do is we want to make you rise and be excited. And the first thing that I tell people is make a list 
of people that you would really love to interview? Who are some of your heroes, some of the people that you admire, some of the people that have really touched your life, inspired you, motivated you, that you've either read their books, watched their movies, listened to their MP3s, watched their YouTube videos, watched their Facebook posts? Who are some of those people? Make a list. Now, the only caveat I have for that is some people will go through that coaching process and they will write down like Oprah, Hugh Jackman, Prince or Prince, a bad example because he's <laughs> not alive anymore, but they'll write down, they'll put David Copperfield. I don't know. They'll put down this giant list of like a list celebrities who everyone in the world is trying to interview and billion dollar companies are trying to get on their shows and movies that are, you know, with huge budgets are trying to get their time. So the only caveat I have for you when you make this list is do not put A-list stars on your list or have them there, but understand that the level of work that it will take for you to reach them, it's just not, you're not probably not ready for it yet. So what I recommend to people is make a list of people that are kind of niche celebrities. New York Times bestselling authors are fantastic. Speakers, influencers, Pretty much anyone you want other than A-list celebrities is fantastic. Make that list. And my list included 19-time Oprah guest, UFC Hall of Famer and champion of the world, Boss Rutan, Tim Ferriss, a variety of other Oprah guests. I New York Times bestselling author, Don Miguel Ruiz, who sold something like 10 million copies of his very first book that he ever wrote. Uh, Gabriel Bernstein, who's been on Oprah a number of times and has this huge following. Like she puts out a video and it gets something like 50,000 views like very quickly. So make that list and just make that list and write down. Don't get too caught up in your head about, you know, who the somebody is or who isn't. The only caveat I'm giving you is no A-list stars. And that's it. You know, maybe mega stars in, in any industry, just they're not really good for your list. But anything else, write it down. Get excited about it. Do you have poets, authors, speakers? Who do you want? Write down that list. And then the next thing I tell people is I want you to go online and start researching these people because most of them have websites. Find out if they have a contact page. If they have a contact page, that means you can reach them. If they have social media, it means you can reach them. The next thing that I advise people to do is to really create a template. I like to just throw people in into the pot, so to speak, because the way I started podcasting is I made this giant list of people that I wanted to interview. Now, a guy who's been on Oprah 19 times and has several books on the New York Times bestselling list, he's not somebody that needs a guy who doesn't have a website, no social media following. But I went and found his website. I found the contact page and I wrote him an email. And I used a very simple template. And this is the template that I always teach people to utilize because I want you to have a win. I want you to have a success. And for me, building the network, interviewing amazing people, that's one of the biggest wins I can hand you to start with. Then later we can talk about, you know, how do you make money doing that? How do you build an audience doing that? How do you build the network and really like, you know, structure your shows in a way that allows you to capitalize on the network? But what you can do is just go and contact these people. And the template is very simple. You start with a compliment, a clear and concise compliment. And then the next part of it is just tell them, I'm writing you today because I'd like to invite you on my podcast. My podcast is about X, Y, and Z which is something that you do, I'd love to interview you. That's it. Then the next part of the template is take away any reason why they would say no. And really, whenever we ask something of somebody, they think, what's it going to cost me? How much time is it going to take me? So this part of the template, it's absolutely free to come on my show. And it's only 10 to 15 minutes. And it's all done on Skype. 
and it requires nothing of you except you just show up on the interview and I ask you questions. Last part of the template, thank you so much for reading my email and I look forward to having you on my show. Send that off and then write another email just like that. Write it to all your list and you'll be surprisingly, you will have people respond that will join your show and it might be people like Marion Williamson, seven time New York Times bestselling author Marion Williamson came on her show. And during that interview, she asked if she could buy our services and if, if we could work with her. We did. So those are the reasons why I want you to go after your list and, and start interviewing these people is because it just opens doors. Perfect. No, and you, I think you're 100% right. It's funny because that template that you just shared reminded me of how, very much how I reached, started reaching out to people, but I did it through LinkedIn because, you know, that's like my playground, right? So I used LinkedIn. I found them on LinkedIn. I did a, gathered a little sale, you know, sales intelligence, trying to understand a little bit about their story and their background. And then I either connected with them or I got a referral in or I, I found their email and messaged them. But, but yeah, that template, I, that structure, that framework that you just shared works really, really well. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where people are a little nervous about creating their podcast. You know, you'd be surprised. You get on the phone. It's a lot easier. What I found, and I don't know about you, Lewis, but I found interview format is a lot easier than doing a solo episode when you're just talking solo on your own about a specific topic. I'm just much more of a conversational guy. And so I think that works really well. And that's great sound advice to to get it off the ground. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, because I see a lot of people, I see a lot of people struggling in podcasting. And what I mean by that is they struggle to get started. And even when they get started, right, you know, it seems like whether it be the interview, whether it be the format, you know, there's a reason why a lot of people don't continue on with their podcast. I thought I read a stat like the average podcast, most people quit before they hit their 10th episode or something like that. I don't know if that's a real stat or not. But yeah, what, I've heard that many times too. It's somewhere around there that most people will quit within their first four or five months. Basically so, within the first year, most people will stop. Besides quitting, what would you consider to be some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to starting a podcast? Well, one, I don't think that quitting is is a big mistake. If you're not finding value in it, just like most things in life, maybe it's not your thing. As much as podcasting is my particular slant and I see great value in it and I think that pretty much every business should have a podcast. I think that it has to be your particular kind of slant or way to do it. That being said, if you want to succeed at podcasting, quitting is definitely not helpful. And the other mistakes that people make is they create a podcast that isn't relevant to their niche. So if you're a social media coach and you create a social media expert and you create a podcast talking about, I don't know, health and fitness, that doesn't really completely jive with what your expertise is. So it won't really help your website. It won't help with the people you're interviewing. It won't help with your listeners. It will not help drive business or help you become more known in a certain arena where your expertise is wanted. So the other mistake that people make is they start a podcast with the idea in mind that it's going to immediately be money-making machine, which is not. Statistically, something like 24% of Americans are listening to podcasts. People really tune in. But you got to remember that with a podcast, people are probably listening to this show on their way to work, on their way home from work or on their lunch break or passively while they're doing something else at home. And so 
a podcast listener is a passively engaged audience member, which is fine and it's still good. You're, you're engaging with them. They're tuning in. They're spending time with you. But what I mean by passive is that they're not like looking at a page and having to read it and seeing buttons to click on and able to buy immediately. So what happens with the podcast is that you're generating trust, you're generating a connection, likability, you're giving them education, you're giving them content. And at some point they will come to your website. And as Joe Polish says that if you do your marketing well, you won't have to do the selling or it'll pretty much the selling will do it on its own. So that's what a podcast is. Essentially, it's an arm of a business that allows you to market in really powerful ways. But if you go into it just thinking it's a money-making machine, you're not going to be successful at it. The other mistake that people make is they go into it and thinking that they're going to land a sponsor. This is kind of like in the podcasting realm for a long time. This has been one of the most coveted things in podcasting is let me get a let me get a sponsor, a company that will pay for a short commercial spot. This is going to be my gateway to making thousands of extra dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. One of my good friends, Jason Stapleton, he runs a podcast. It's a politically based podcast. He does not have guests on his show. He does it five times a week. He made $200,000 off his podcast from sponsors. So there is a space to make a, a decent amount of money doing it. But the problem is that most people go into it thinking that this is going to be their gateway. What most people don't know is that Jason's been running his podcast for years and he has a sound studio that costs a lot of money and he also has a business that generates a lot of money on its own. So Jason has put so much time into building this that now it's finally a revenue building machine where companies are paying him. That I think is long-term and uh, something that most people won't accomplish, frankly. So what I tell people is don't make the mistake of thinking you're going to get a sponsor right away or having big download numbers. Instead, make a niche show that serves a niche audience and make money by offering them one, really good quality content, and then two, by driving the traffic from the podcast back to your website so you can make a sale. Yeah, no, that's perfect. I agree. There's a lot of ways, there's a lot of opportunities to make money using a podcast. Like you said, you could sell consulting services or different services. You could sell online courses. You could do affiliate programs. You could do sponsorships. There's all kinds of different tentacles, no different than people do online, right? So the same avenues you have to make money online, you could make on podcasting. But I agree, it's definitely a little bit more slower build. What I like about it and why it attracted, why I was so, I was so attracted to it, unlike you, who is a very fluent writer, you write every single day. I see you, I followed you. You write for different publications. I think you write for Entrepreneur. You write for all these different mag, you know, publications. For me, writing is like a homework assignment, right? And so that's why I was so attracted to podcasting because it allows me to put content out there with consistency at a high level without having to sit down and do homework every single day. Listen, I graduated from grade school, high school, college. I'm done with homework. So I found the medium that works for me. And, and I think if other people feel that same way about maybe writing, you know, then maybe podcasting would be a good avenue for them. So appreciate you uh, expanding on that. So really quick, how do you use podcasting? I mean, have you used podcasting to get clients like for your consulting? Because I know you do a lot of digital marketing consulting and you do consulting and podcasting. I mean, can you tell us maybe one quick story on how you how the podcast has led to you getting a consulting client? Because I think that would be 
you know, kind of a low hanging fruit in a way that people could start to see an ROI on podcasting pretty quick. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. That is, that can definitely become one of the really low hanging fruits for a lot of business owners. Doug of the nice guys on podcasts, his show, he's told me his number one revenue stream has been the guests, the guests that come on the show. They end up talking about business and making business deals. It's something that we've done. I, I did it with Marion Williamson and I've done it with Boss Rutten. One of the ways that you do that is by the way that you invite the guests on your podcast, you write them that nice template that I've recommended to you. You make sure that right at the very beginning of the interview, you make them feel comfortable and you know, just regular human stuff. You know, it's nothing super complicated. It's stuff that I teach and go more in depth, but really make your guests feel comfortable and then have a good interview with them. I think most people know how to ask good questions and how to listen. That's all you really need to do. And then after the interview, just check in with the guests. Hey, you know, really appreciated the time. This is a couple points I got from our interview. Is there any way that I can help you or support you and anything you've got going on? Be more than just an interview. Extend yourself a little bit more. And it does not matter who the person is. When I had 19-time Oprah guest on my show, guy's been on television a lot. Like he's been on Oprah. He's been on Ellen. He's been on every kind of news station you can imagine. And when he came on my show, I just told him how honored I was to have him, on which I really appreciate his work. And he said, wow, that feels wonderful to hear that. And even makes me feel a little nervous. He chuckled and said, you know, despite being on all these outlets and doing all this work that I've done, whenever I meet somebody who really loves my work and, and tells me, it always humbles me. It always makes me a little nervous. And I'm even a little nervous to be on air today. And, and it's, it's exciting, too. So just remember your guests, no matter how famous they are, they're humans and they have a lot of the same worries and fears that you do. They're just playing at a different level, but at the same time, they're very human. So remember that. And then the next thing that you want to do is follow up with your guests, you know, send them a nice email after the interview, just check in with them, ask them once again, is there anything that I can do to, you know, just thank you for your time and support you. And on some occasions, I will send my guests a thank you letter in the mail so that I just add just one more little touch point. And what we're really doing here is we're making sure that our their appearance on our show is more than just an interview, but a really high quality touch point with a quality person who actually genuinely cares about them. If you do that, the transition into business conversations becomes very smooth and a lot easier. Yeah, I found that Offering to have somebody as a guest and interviewing them on the podcast is a great way to open the lines of communications. But if you let it end there, don't be surprised if no business comes out of it. So I agree, Lewis. You know, like they always say, anything in business and marketing and sales and marketing, the fortunes and the follow up. So it's your job to continue to enhance that relationship afterwards. And I think that people that struggle with that in just their normal sales and marketing environment will struggle with it on podcasting. But if you recognize that and you go the extra mile, like you said, to make them feel comfortable, and then you continue to reach out to them and offer value, you know, the opportunity is yours. You've now opened the door. Now you've got to jump through it and provide more value, enough value to the point where they're willing to pay you for it. So awesome. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that question. We're going to kind of do a quick one minute drill here for the last few questions Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently when launching your podcast, Thriving Launch? What if you would had to I pick one or, one or two things, what would you do different as it relates to your podcast? Whether that be I format, have, I topic, whatever. Yeah, 
I would have launched it sooner. It actually, I actually did a bunch of interviews and sat on them for maybe like two years. So oh I would gosh. have launched it sooner, <laughs> even if I didn't have all the answers. Yep. And two, I would have created a better strategy at the very beginning to ask my guests and invite my guests to promote the show. Perfect. Awesome. All right. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using? What, what's one of the tools you got in your toolbox that you're excited about? You know, this might not be exactly what you're looking for, but my favorite tool is Facebook. It's an incredible tool for business, making connections, building a network. And and so I, I look at it not just as a social media platform, but a tool. No, I agree with you. It is a tool. We talked about before this, we talked about kind of my experience with doing Facebook lives for over a year and the effect of that and how it's really enhanced my business. And I know you're a huge Facebook guy and anybody who's interested in learning how to use Facebook on an organic level, not the paid advertising, which you hear a lot about, but more organic. Lewis is definitely a master of that. One last question. What book have you read recently that you think my audience would be interested in? Mm, What book do I think your audience would be interested in? Yeah. You know, right now, my favorite book that I've read was um, Dr. Wayne Dyer's I Can See Clearly Now. It's not a business book, but as Zig Ziglar says, work on yourself and the business will take care of itself. And that book has been a fantastic book on working on myself. Perfect. Awesome. Well, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for today, Lewis. Why don't you let the audience know how they can connect with you and learn a little bit more about how you help business owners start their own podcast and we'll close it out for today. Yeah. If you want to learn more about me and the services and work that I'm up to, you can connect with me on thrivinglaunch.com. We have a free program there that teaches you how to podcast and you can also connect with me and my writing over there as well. Awesome. Listen, Lewis, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it and uh, have an awesome day. I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. Thank you so much. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.